spoken there. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was a usual room. He knew that. He knew her. Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Cobol, Waterstones, and many, many other places. Hi guys, it's Andy N. Thanks today for downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006, and currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded and sent. Although you can find it on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com it is a free download or free stream in there but obviously if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way it would be eternally grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment etc enjoy speak to you soon bye bye hi guys Andy N Spoken Label back in the house again and back on Facebook Live tonight as well. I've got a writer, an actor, on Facebook at the moment who I got talking to through a recommendation of someone whose name I currently forget. I forget that's been reading at some Switchblade and managed to twice recently. And her name came up as a really good writer performer, so I got in touch with this new lady. So, Gemma, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are. Uh, yeah. And start uh, taking that. Um, I'm Gemma Whiteley, uh, I'm a, a performer and a writer and started doing spoken word probably about a couple of years ago. Um, I'm originally from Teesside but now uh, live in Manchester. Brilliant. Now um, you were telling me off mic before obviously like, you've been, you looks like you've had a creativity in some form or other since you were very young weren't you so because obviously like you've been starting off as an actor originally weren't you so. Yeah. So were you into your acting when you were very young then were you? I did. I sort of got into it. I was a bit of a, uh, as a kid, I was very shy, actually. Um, so I didn't, I definitely wasn't a typical kid to be sort of performing and wanting to do that. But I was a huge, like, movie fan. So I loved films, loved going to the cinema. Um, and then would do, like, impressions of characters and things for, like, oh, Disney films. Brilliant. Uh, don't ask me to do any. I can't do them now. <laughs> I used to, as a kid, I used to quite like doing that. And then people would find it funny so I was like oh that's cool I'll do that more um, and then eventually when I was probably I think I was probably about 11 uh, 11 or 12 I asked if I could like maybe do some drama classes oh brilliant so it all just carried on from there then really didn't it so yeah exactly yeah and then kind of decided that was it and that's what I was going to do oh great now obviously I know you've been writing haven't you so did your writing come along a little bit later on then did it really um, I sort of, looking back, I always did it, um, like, as a kid, around about that age as well, and then, because I loved plays, and because I was doing acting, I was always reading plays, and I was always watching films, so I would sort of, like, go on the computer and write little bits here and there, um, but I never sort of really took that seriously, I never thought that I would do that like further down the line right right get you now i know in case in nation you're acting obviously you went to university at northampton didn't you so yeah. was that an act was that an acting degree you did there then back then was it, it was yeah it was an acting degree there um and it was a whole range of different things it was really good actually it was really disciplined 
which I quite liked. And then um, I did my first one-woman show there uh, for my dissertation. So that's really when I started writing seriously. Um, and it was a tutor who said to me, oh, Gemma, um, you know, you, you, you're an actor-writer and you should write more as well. Brilliant. Now, so you probably hadn't even really considered it properly to that stage, had you? So to your tutor probably told you so. Yeah, no, I've, ne I've never, yeah, never studied writing. Um, so, yeah, it kind of just, I guess, learnt as I went along. Yeah, I was the other way around because um, when I did my degree some years ago at Bolton University, they told me at the time, I was doing acting and I was doing writing, and they told me, Andrew, you're a much better writer than you are actor. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my case is that there's a good story about this, and I, I'm not going to name the theatre, but I did a couple of plays after I graduated, and the last one when my nerves were that bad on stage. So I can do poetry quite easily, but I think plays are much more harder, aren't they? And um, I was playing a character in a Harold Pinter play, and I'm not naming which one, where I had to play Ooh. some. I had to play someone that was an alcoholic. And okay. over the five-day run, I drove the director mad because I had bottles of whiskey hidden all over the backstage. <laughs> and every time I was off stage, okay. quit swinging the whiskey back on. Method, of course. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I said, but yeah, seriously, obviously, I'm talking about yourself, really, of course. Now, obviously, after you left <laughs> un university then, so what's um, led you to doing what's next things? I know you've got you've been doing quite a bit of acting, haven't you? So yeah, various things. All the kind of acting jobs that you do for maybe for a bit of money, um, because you want it to be a career, yeah. <laughs> but actually not particularly good jobs, or, or not not the kind of stuff that you get into acting for, really. Um, and I think that kind of made me fall out of love with it a little bit. So uh, kind of left that alone for a while, um, but then realised I did consider. That, I mean, there's been numerous times where I've considered not not doing this anymore and and can i can i get a real job or should i get a real job but it never works i always come back to it yeah, i think you do is like it's um like it's almost like i don't like using the word bad penny but it's a drug of some sort so it keeps dragging you back <laughs> doesn't it so it was like it is, yeah. i'm like that my writing everything i do i, I keep my and this day my mum keeps saying to me andrew when are you gonna pack all this in grow up yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Well, I mean, being from Teesside as well, I think it's the scariest thing in the world to my mum that I want to like that I'm acting and that I'm still doing it. And she knows I'm stubborn, so I think she knows that this is it now. But it, I think, yeah, it terrifies. And she's like, I'm oh, pretty sure, like, if you were clever and you did well at school, the only jobs that you should have gone for were like being a lawyer, maybe. Or oh, I know a few of them. I know a few of them for the day job. Well, that's the story for another day, that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. What made you move to Manchester in the first place? Then, because obviously, like, I know you'd, um, you've been in a couple of lived in a couple of places, haven't you? Certainly. Yeah, well, yeah, especially like touring around and um, like stayed in quite a few places, but never. I lived in Northampton, obviously at uni, and then I always wanted to move to London. Really obvious. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. I'm going to move to London, but there was just no way I could could afford to live there. That was never going to happen for me. Um, there was just, and especially. You know, if I was going to move somewhere, I had to be able to work and pay the bills, but also have a little bit of time to actually, you know, write and, and do plays and, and all of that kind of stuff. And if I was living in London, I just don't think I'd be able to do that. 
and then London's a different way of life altogether because one of my best friends he, he did he used to do the dreaded commute from Brighton down to central London and oh, yeah. and he was a writer like us and he's he basically he found after six months of it it had wore him out to such a level with the traveling his writing just went went to pieces basically so he eventually packed it all in I think it's the commute there's a difference in it and that's why yeah. I know we moan about Manchester a lot saying the, tra the transport can be a bit dicky around here sometimes and getting to places <laughs> but it's, it's, there is worse areas that's for sure with it yeah so. definitely yeah obviously but Manchester's I always found as well and Newcastle was quite obviously fairly close to me being from Teesside um, so there was some good stuff going on there but I always found it very hard to, to get into it I always found it very hard to get in the door uh, Manchester, I do find, is is so very just very warm and welcoming, and really encourage each other to get up and perform and do stuff, which is nice. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. So that's what's really good about this Manchester area, certainly for the circuit, because there's so many good nights out there. There is, and it's that's yeah. what it's it's massively expanded in the past couple of years. Certainly, now obviously, like yeah. we were planning to you to come down and perform in person this month for the night me and Amanda Cold Run. My friend Steve speak oh, yeah. easy, but unfortunately, we'll keep off the topic. But circumstances have dictated otherwise in that at the moment with the news. <laughs> to put it bluntly, yeah. but yeah, we'll, we'll get you one in the all future. The yeah, all, all, all on, all, I do any way I can at the moment, definitely. So, but uh, like I said, yeah, but definitely, obviously, with your own writing, then as it's developed, um, have you found any has any any writers proved a big influence to you or anything like that, or what has anything uh, made you change your outlook? Yeah, writers, yeah. Um, oh yeah, uh, loads I guess. I mean, for me, um, as a if I'm writing plays, then really influenced by people like obviously like Pinter, and and just uh, just uh, particularly new writing. Like I find it really exciting to just go try and find what's been produced really recently, um, and just sit and read plays. So I am influenced by by a lot of new writing, like Ella Hickson and people like that. Um, but poetry and, and spoken word, um, I think it was research for my dissertation at university, and I was just trying to like trying to just I don't know like fill my head with loads of different sort of art forms and, and different things and different bits of writing. So a couple of the things I did was buy some books of poetry. And that really was kind of the first time that I thought, oh, I actually really love poetry um, and enjoy reading it. Um, so people like like Kate Tempest, obviously, and George the Poet and Paula Bear and those performance like poets, um, I really loved them. Yeah, yeah, no, completely, yeah. They're all good choices and it has certainly changed the way the poetry is, poetry is accepted now if that had been the word itself so certainly now yeah. now obviously i know within yourself obviously you're not just writing poetry at the moment are you because you were telling me before about some work you've done with rapid reel which came up oh yeah yeah tell us, obviously i hadn't heard of rapid reel and um but I, when, when you were telling me about before off mike and amanda my partner because amanda writes all kinds of things and amanda was quickly scribbling that name down so <laughs> that's why so yeah. tell, tell us all about, about the rapid reel and, and how you came involved with this and um i kind of just came across it on facebook really and then like every, a lot of people kind of know each other in Manchester like all actors kind of know each other and, and I just and everybody like that I knew or worked with or seen perform had joined this group uh, Rapid Reel um, and it was set up by an actress called uh, Chloe McLaughlin 
And she decided that obviously while people can't really go out and actors aren't performing and just to keep people's brains working. Um, so what you do is every, I think it's every Saturday morning, um, Chloe sends out an email uh, with a prompt to a list of selected writers. And they have uh, two, three hours to, to write a monologue. Um, inspired by that prompt and then they have to send that in back to her and then she casts them and sends the monologues out to actors and the actors they've got like four hours to learn the monologues film them and get them uploaded online Right. So it's quite intense. <laughs> that is rather intense. I was looking obviously at the piece that you had submitted on there, fairly, performed fairly recently, and that was your piece. Obviously, that's what I tell my kids, which you can find quite easily. And you, I found it pretty easy on your feed actually on Facebook. This one, yeah. Tell us how the experience that was in for you. Was it quite in? in was it hard to write in that sort of pace and time? Was it at all? Um. Uh, no, actually, um, I think I find longevity difficult, so if I'm writing a play, I usually can blast out the first 15 pages, no problem, and then I find that I hit a wall and I really have to fight to get past that, and that's usually when I can't just go on instincts and I have to sit down and think a little bit more about plot line and, and the storyline and the structure and the character development, and I have to really think about where what am I trying to say and where is it going uh, so actually to give me only two or three hours to write a short piece I usually just have to go right great I just have to do it and I can't second guess myself and I find that I think that's why I like poetry because it kind of just pours out and it's it's not as long of a process as, as writing a play. Yeah, yeah, completely. I get it completely with that. So, no, definitely with that. So, and it's I think it's because I've done plays myself before, uh, not to the level you have, but certainly like I know enough about it. Where it's like it's it's a very different sort of medium to tackle altogether, really. So, and I'm yeah. supposed I'm not. I won't need to ask you. I'm certainly can believe that you found it a completely different medium to writing, haven't you? Since you got into that as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh very different and then even sort of writing little screenplays as well obviously you know you, you're sure you don't tell yeah oh yeah possible oh the old the old saying show don't tell you yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh exactly. the rows i used to have a university lecturers over that you wouldn't believe right <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine, yeah but yeah. then you know i think I think the, the risk of sort of a phrase like that is to suggest that the writing is secondary to to the visuals when it comes to screen and that, that just isn't true. It's it's a it's a collaboration, it's a marrying up of all of those things to oh, support each other. No, completely. Completely with it, so definitely so do you have any ideas and where obviously when things recover in the economy and etc., where would you like your writing to go next then? Do you have any other sort of uh, ideas? Oh God! Um, I'd like to finish a, a few things, <laughs> um, and then yeah, just I think uh, just having the opportunity to actually get stuff out there. I'd love to because I've learned quite a bit of short um, uh, filmmaking and stuff. So I'd love to be able to get some short films up and off the ground. Yeah. And so what you're looking at is this like can be from the original scripts you wrote yourself then, is it? Or are you going to try and do collaborations with that? Yeah. Um, and then, so I sort of set up my own theatre and, and film company uh, with another actress called Susie Crystal. Um, so we collaborate together quite a lot. We like to direct together. 
Um, and she writes as well, so she's got a couple of things that we'd like to get off the ground too. No, definitely good luck with it. So, certainly with that one, like I said, is I was just going to ask you, did you have a writing partner for that? Because we're trying to do all that sort of stuff. You we use... never write together. Oh, don't you? Right. No, we never ever write together. Oh, we haven't. I'm not saying we wouldn't, but we do devise together. So we devise theatre together. And usually we'll maybe go off and I'll ask Susie, oh, can you go write that that you were talking about? And I'll go write this. And then we'll bring things together and try and blend everything. Um, but I, I don't think we we don't sit and write together. Yeah, it's, I love right. I love doing collaborative projects. Certainly with yeah. things like because um, did I tell you about me and Amanda co-wrote a book last year? Yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, I didn't know if it was something like it was like a book that featured your writing and hers, or whether it was actually that you you've written together. Yeah, it was quite an unusual book. This because. Uh, I don't really want to do it. Amanda, can I bring Amanda? Everyone, I'm going to bring Amanda onto the mic for five minutes here. He said, I wouldn't normally do this. You sat in the same study with me. Yeah, I'm wheeling myself over. <laughs> now, say hello to everybody first of all, Amanda. Hello to everybody. <laughs> no, no. Hello. Now, um, uh, what we've done here, Gemma, is easier to bring Amanda on for five minutes. So, a quick, mo- um, what, do, what do you call it? Cameo, Amanda, don't we? So, yeah. Now, how did we do our book together, Amanda? Just so Gemma knows and everybody else I, knows. I wrote a seven word poem and somebody followed it up trying to be clever. And it kind of snowballed, would you believe, actually, into a, a full length book it did. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those ones where Amanda tried to do really, you tried to do a really minimal poem and. You, Made me turn it into a book. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I I tried to do a gag and it <laughs> the gag backfired. So <laughs> it happened. Anyways, that's what happened. Anyway, Amanda, we'll let we'll let we'll let Amanda go okay. now, everybody. Because Amanda, really away now. Man, Amanda's going back to the other side <laughs> of the study. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a firm believer in that. It's, um, you do with like it's when you're doing collaborative projects. Sometimes it's. I think it's best. If you just learn how, just do it off the cuff sometimes, and it's you can get a real yeah. nice surprise on it. Certainly so. Now your your case, like you said, it sounds like you've got you and you and Susie, and you obviously you've got quite a bit on the go there, project wise in the future. Certainly so. Is there anything you can reveal? Would you want? Would you rather keep it all under your hat for a bit more? Um. Well, we were, we we were planning on um, we did a show last year for the GM Fringe, which was the two of us, and it was kind of. Um, an experiment, but we really were able to identify what our style is as theatre makers, um, and that kind of included sort of movement, uh, autobiographical of a bit, and text. Uh, spoken word was in there as well, obviously, and clowning. And um, so we kind of we wanted to do another show this year, but we're not sure we'll be able to now. Yeah, definitely. We'd have started rehearsals already because it's devised and it's completely from scratch, and we both work as well. Um, but obviously, we can't see each other. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's hard. It's very hard yeah. when we try to do that sort of project. So, certainly, I can understand the sympathise with that. Certainly, so I think a lot of it at the moment is we just have to wait till things calm down, don't you? Then exactly, yeah. yeah. So, kind of playing it by ear a little bit. We do have, um, we've got a podcast player. Um, it was a. a, a a short play that I'd written um, and it was written sort of for radio um, and then we produced it ourselves and we produced it with a guy called uh, Matthew Garcia um, who is a music producer and he'd never produced um, like a radio play or he'd never produced any drama before 
so that was a really really good experience yeah he's can, brilliant sounds great can you have you got if you can send me the link to that i'll put this onto the actual we don't, he's oh, still working on it still working so on it that we'll be able to release that soon oh fair enough then we'll yeah play. he's just doing he's editing everything and doing all the the sounds and stuff that's brilliant to me that now you've got like i said you've certainly got plenty on the go with things certainly with that now if people want to find out more about you Gemma, where are the best going um <laughs> um uh, social media so i guess uh twitter um so i'm on twitter um our company, Company Four, is on Twitter as well. That could do with some more followers, so uh, yeah. go ahead and have a look at that if you want. Yeah. Um, and then I guess just Facebook and stuff. Cool. Well, I'll get some links off you off off mic later, and everybody look at the right on this this podcast. They'll see basically what how they can get hold of you. Certainly, like you've you've got a lot of you've got a lot to offer there. That's for sure. Certainly, so when things when things calm down again. I suspect you're going to be very, 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 very busy with all this creativity, aren't you? We so? hope so. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. Have you, what I should be asking before we finish, one quick question as well, is um, how have you found it on the poetry circuit so than actually performing your poetry? It, like I said, it is, I know obviously we touched on it, obviously like it's in acting and poetry are different, yeah. um, same field, aren't they? So going on stage and actually reading out your poetry to people, how is it... There's the, the adrenaline rush is quite different, isn't it, from performing a play, basically, or in a monologue sometimes. So how have we found it so far, then? Um, I, I really loved it. I was really nervous to start with, because obviously it felt like not my not my realm. Um, it felt like I was stepping a little bit out of my comfort zone. And there was, there was so many, like, really great spoken word artists sort of around Manchester right now. Um, so it was quite intimidating at first and then I kind of just got into it and realised and what I like about it is it's very immediate yeah yeah it's not it's not months of rehearsals and then getting up there and and I don't know it's just it does it's not strict there's not as many rules there's not there's not as much formula it's just it's quite freeing and immediate you get immediate reaction um and then it, it, it's done you just have to and you don't have to know your poetry off by heart you can do you know you can read you don't so there's it's, i think it's just accessible for like performers of all backgrounds yeah you know i completely agree with you there that one straight away so that's uh, so definitely when things calm down i look forward to meeting you in person and certainly if you get the idea that your plays yeah. done and stuff like i definitely look, want to go see some of these certainly because the extracts i've seen your work online and the videos have been fantastic so i've really really enjoyed them so so and that's all my questions anyway so what we'll do Gemma, is we'll pause this recording for a moment let you get yourself composed and when we come back for a part two for everybody in a moment we'll get okay. you to read out a few pieces for us if you're okay with that yeah, yeah, I'm alright with that. No. Okay, fine. <laughs> I have to ask out of a good manner, so. I've done them all before. before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's a, it's a different experience, that's for sure. So, it different, it's, to be honest with you, it's different whenever I do podcasts online like this. When I do them in person, they, and there's nothing to hide that's at all, it's not, it's not a straight secret, the chemistry is different. That's why, certainly. And it's when I do them in person, it's. I can end up nattering for two or three hours sometimes and then, then spend weeks yeah, yeah, editing yeah. them down. <laughs> <laughs> but, it is very... Well, I, we have to get used to this now, so... <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we'll have to for the moment. Well, thank you again, yeah, Gemma. So, hang well, around, everybody. We'll see you in a minute. Take care, guys. Oh. Hi, guys. Andy's still here with Gemma, so 
as always with part two of Spoken Label. Straight over to Gemma, who's going to do a few pieces for us. Over to you, Gemma. Thank you. Uh, oh, I get nervous all the time. <laughs> so uh, this is this is going to be a warm up one in that case. Uh, this one is called Bricks. We belong to a town full of red brown brick, with cement crumbs scattered over man's terracotta carpets. And stomping above the coarse cold wool, shoes filled with breathing hopes and not quite yet regrets, snarling children and their lesser snarling pets, whose claws tick tock on the fields of chalk concrete, tick tock and on repeat. There's men stuffed to the chest with bravado. Oh, hey, look at him, he's off and it's all fuck you, toast and avocado. None of that shite here, don't you know, we're macho. But the heart. A large, upon grey, hard, human-laid grass. And there's this dance that we do. It's a dance of the life we know and the moves are few. Watch us when we move, smooth and crude. Not in the least bit stingy nor rude and the beats on maps. You know we dance it better or freer or finer when the kids hand out the grass. Oh wait, come on now, hold off. It's just for a small bit of hard-earned cash. Within the bricks. We danced once with family of other families and the odd one or two pricks. Within the bricks, we found some freedom within a sort of suppression. And to outside eyes, if ever eyes such looked, it was no first, second or any impression. But it's the bricks we miss. It's those bricks made us, us dull young things, dancing within bricks, within bricks, all for our kids. And yeah, with the odd one or two pricks. Great stuff. Where did that? Where did the inspiration for that piece come from? Uh, uh, tea size. Yeah, I got that. I got yeah. that. It was obviously like a, a home sort of piece, certainly. So that's what I said. Oh, I like. I've got that. I found that really quite a clever piece. That's so enjoyed it. So, okay, moving straight on. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna. This one is called Sand, and um, it's kind of about being a performer. I thought you found me awkward, and then the thought of that fell somewhere like sand. I thought I was overbearing and over-enthusiastic, and then I thought I didn't show enough enthusiasm. And suddenly, in one quick spasm, that thought, it poured out of my ears and through the fingers of my right hand, something a bit like sand. I thought that you thought I was no good at what I do. And then I thought, well, you know what, who the fuck are you? And then that boldness became short-lived, and down my dirty kitchen sink it was sieved like it was sand. I thought I, I might just today have something special to say, and then I thought I might not deliver it right. But you know, I'll stand and deliver it anyway, in whichever way I choose to clear it out, and out of my mouth some words for out. Like sand. And then, like I just couldn't help myself, and it is true, I often can't stop myself. I thought about how I stand and how you read my body language and if that affects whether you want me around or not. And then the thought grew and grew and grew, even though that at that time we both knew that I had better things to do. You see, now I'm preoccupied with me and my own anxiety. And that sees thoughts pile on thoughts on thoughts on thoughts like sand on sand, sand. And she's getting sweat creeping up on the palms of her hand, seeping like sand. 
sand. A loose, granular substance resulting from the erosion of rocks, a major constituent of beaches, deserts, riverbeds, a seabed. A place of such deathly peace that the modern we so often dread. You see, you have a sea in you, and the whales and the weed and the winkles, they float around that head. A whale so big, he stood in school side to school side, and when it comes down to it, why would you turn down the free ride? Until he swims downstream and out of your eyes, a bit like sun. And so here is the there you stand, where lemon tops are made and the swings are abandoned for you. And because they're left there, will use you and your mates. You can use them whenever you need to let loose. And there are dummies of blood, red sugar, and hanging overhead a plastic-contained cloud. And the thought of that might just one day be something profound. Eh? You should write that down. And there's a ramp of concrete leading to a smoke-coloured sea. And sitting either side is a substance of fine granules whose surface is graced with the plods of worn-out mules, whose backs are graced with the buttocks of little fools who cannot help but fall in and out of the rock pools. But the impact it is always softened by a bed of something like sand. Sand. Brilliant! No, no, yeah, that you can certainly. I really got the grip to that piece, and the fact was the way you mentioned used the word sand in it up and down the piece. It really added a lot of. Yeah, I got straight, got that straight away. Yeah, yeah, brilliant stuff. Ooh, yeah, brilliant stuff. That one again. So, what made you want to write that piece? And where did the idea for that one come from? Um, uh, just the I was auditioning and not getting anything. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> anxieties about being a performer and 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 not being able to quite get a grasp over over like my nerves and, and controlling how and not being paranoid about I'm very aware of the audience and that kind of thing so that's yeah yeah no it goes got really excellent stuff indeed now I we didn't actually set a number on the piece you were going to do for us today but do you want to do what two more or one more uh yeah I thought um I, yeah that's fine I thought I'd end it with uh, okay, I'll do two more. I'll do one tiny one, <laughs> um, and then I'll finish it with Mam, which is probably like I think it was the first uh, piece of spoken word I ever performed. Cool. Okay. What's your what's your ickle one? Ickle one then, basically. Oh, my little tiny one. Yeah. Uh, if I can find it, and when I say tiny, I really do mean that. Cool. Where is it? Cool. Because I want to get it right because it's so small. I should know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, ter I'm terrible at remembering stuff. People know that already about me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, it's called Hangover. <laughs> I must say, I enjoy a hangover. From falling asleep on the sofa, waking in yesterday's smell and last year's dress and strung out by my side the shoes that I wore to impress. A haze of memories filled with last night's tunes, and all of this it brings to me little distress. That's it. Oh, brilliant, blimey, that's what you mean. That is a mini, definitely a mini one, that, isn't it? Yeah. I, I thought you were going to carry that one on then as well, then, so, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's always good as a writer if you do. I think if you sometimes do really short pieces anyway, certainly, so... Uh, yeah, good choice. Good yeah, choice. Well, I said I'm not very good with the longevity, so. Yeah, I think so. Occasionally, I've got. 
They call it minimalism, don't they? So. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, definitely brilliant. Now you say you've got one about your mum next to finish off with, haven't you? So. Yeah. Great. Go for it. Um, so I'll just clarify. Um, if I say mum, uh, I get told off and corrected because I'm from the northeast, so it's mum. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I know. I if I use the word mum over here, I know I get told mum. Or mother. Right. Really yeah. If I'm annoyed her, it's mother. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Uh, yeah, so this one's mum. Mum, something weird is happening. I wonder if you ever got this. It's how I know I'm not a girl anymore. I'm not living in some adolescent bliss. But when I'm out and about, just, you know, getting on with everyday bits, like when I'm walking around a Tesco or jumping on the metro, face to floor, go for a seat by the door, and you, you're like me, right, go with the floor, get the ticket, give it a go, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I fucking thought so. But when I see the women with their kids, and the kids, they get in the way of my path, the woman stops to say this. And the words that make my head jerk and my body pull back, it's a phrase that jars with my inner mind. And I know it's not meant to be something unkind. That said, I wish the woman would chalk the words and swallow them back. She says, stop and let this lady pass. Lady? As in I'm not some baby, as if my image of the girl would last. But frankly, Presently, she's still present to thee, and that quickly makes me reevaluate what I thought I'd be. A shit, I am all grown up, and no one thought to inform me. Your girl, now, something of the past. Kiddish freckles, something I guess I've obviously surpassed. But, ma'am, if I can, I am just going to demand some more of your attention span. Because I've got something to declare. Are, are you listening? Are you there? You know, it's fair to say that I wish I'd got there sooner. Hey, now, I bet you didn't think that I'd be the late bloomer. It's official. I'm a woman. I've moved up a notch. Being moulded into something more than a mere childish blotch. So, that being dealt with, can I address you, ma'am, woman to woman? I get this feeling that floats in my breaths, a pull or an ache that lingers, it tickles me from my feet to my fingers, but I know what it is, in fact I'm certain. It's like I'm still drawn to you, as if there's still a code from me to you. And I just feel I yearn to talk to you. Great stuff, Gemma. No, really got that as well. Then it shows you. I think everyone's relationships with your family are, are complex things at the best of times. There, and, that, <laughs> and I did get a good feel of your mum as a person there straight away. Certainly, like it's. Mm -hmm. I've got one piece about my mum that I'll. I might show you sometime, I mean, but yeah, I, there's so many. Um, there's yeah, so many poets write a piece about the mum. <laughs> yeah, they do. I like that. I do. I think it's a lot of it's where he comes from. It it shows you if you write it cleverly enough. It shows as much about you as a person as much as you, as your mum itself, and that's that's good writing, excellent stuff. Well, thank you. That's it for today, guys and girls. Thank you again, Gemma, for today. Really enjoyed it. Been You're a, welcome. Been a thank really you. interesting chat today about your acting as well as your writing. So, hang around. I need a quick word of your mic. 
And also before I go, thank you, Amanda, for doing a quick cameo today as well for us. Okay. Amanda's just everyone's thank wondering. You. She's Amanda's shaking her head in the background saying mm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks again, Gemma, seriously. This is Andy N. Signing out. See you all soon, guys. Spoken label. Thanks again for listening to another session of Spoken Label. Our full archive can be found over on Bandcamp at Spoken Label. That's one word, spoken label, full stop, bandcamp.com. And there is over 150 sessions there. So I'm sure that if you've enjoyed this session, there'll be something else there you can enjoy as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoken label.